Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to Will I Like It? I'm with my special guest today, which is Andrew Stevens from the Ancient Technology Centre. And the aim of today is we're going to sample some of the drinks from my book, Eat Like a Halfling, and see where it takes us. So Andy, welcome. Thank you. Uh, tell us a bit about what you do at the ATC. So at the Ancient Technology Centre, we're an outdoor education centre in Dorset, uh, in Cranbourne. And uh, we mainly work with school groups, uh, teaching history focused on sort of Stone Age up to sort of end of the Viking period. And uh, they don't just come here and learn from us talking to them or reading or writing things. They, they do. They try their hand at blacksmithing, archery, um, friction fire lighting, um, rigid heddle weaving, felt making, all sorts of things. And uh, yeah, but we work with other groups as well. Uh, we, we host weddings here. We work with... Um, young adults with learning needs, uh, all sorts of things in that sort of historical setting and in wonderful buildings like this longhouse. Nice. Right, shall we uh, sample the first of our drinks? Because we've got a few to get through. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, there are we'll, start off. <laughs> we'll start off uh, with this one, which is a parsnip. Parsnip. Parsnip wine. <laughs> Have we tried it? <laughs> Starts off gently, yeah? <laughs> so actually, this is one of my favourite home brews. I've been making it for years, um, but we'll see what you think. Okay, pour on. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's a good one, I think. <laughs> now, you don't have to drink all these at the same time, but if you like, we can top you up. One big dirty pint, yeah. yeah? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cheers. Cheers. I'm surprised by how not horrible that is. No, that, that's actually, I'm not, yeah, it's it's. I've had it's a lot. I've had parsnip wine once, and um, if if you're watching and you know who you are, who made it for me, you gave it to me. I'm sorry, but it wasn't as nice as this. So that's that's surprisingly good. Uh, this one is probably about two years old now, so I was going to ask how to mature. Yeah, you can drink it quicker, but um, yeah, it does benefit from age. And I've just realised I've got cobwebs in my cup. Well, I'm <laughs> sure, you know. It's... Yeah, a few spiders, you know. That's it. So is that just parsnip or is that anything else in there? Uh, yeah, it's parsnips, boiled parsnips, sugar, uh, yeast, 
It's been a while since I've made it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're testing me. Um, I think there's some raisins in there as well. Okay, just bring we'll that sweetness to... up a little bit, a bit of extra yeah. sugar from the brew, yeah? Yeah. I will post all the recipes up on my uh, website when I'm done. Fantastic. That's... Yeah, I, I could actually drink more of that. <laughs> I wouldn't. We've got <laughs> a bit of true history. Maybe I'll leave them later. So I'm not sure how long this is going to take, but um, we'll just go with it. I think so. I think so. But uh, yeah, I've finished mine already. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. So next up, we've got some elderberry and blackberry. Now this is younger than I'd normally drink it. Um, this one was actually made this year. Okay. So it's only a few months old. Ideally, I'd wait until next year, but needs must. So is this stuff you've um, foraged yourself, or is it something? It is. Bought? They're foraged blackberries and elderberries. That smells, I mean, that, that was good, that last one. This smells more what you call wine-like, I guess. <laughs> I think this is probably the closest you're going to get to a homebrew yeah. that tastes like a real wine. Okay. It's probably one of, yeah, the best country wines, if you like. It's actually the first time I've tasted it this year as well. <laughs> It's uh, it's good. It's, it's it's got that sharpness that I guess a young sort of wine. I I'd say I'm not going to want to talk about a dunk, but uh, it's got that kind of sharpness you'd expect from sort of something that's been you know sort of quite recently brewed. I think you know it hasn't. It could probably do with a bit longer, but uh, you kind of get the idea of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's also a good one at Christmas. Mm. Stick it in a pot with some honey and some cinnamon, nutmeg, that kind of thing. Heat it up. It up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good one. We've got a fire over there, you know, because he's like <laughs> So the last of the wines for this one, uh, we've got the ginger wine. Nice. This one I used to infuse with brandy, uh, and I've started infusing it with um, Austrian rum. It's 60, 60% proof. I was going to say, just saying Austrian rum made it <laughs> strong, but, you know. It's, um, I suppose, not particularly uh, halfling to be using... Austrian rum, but there you go. Um, there's not an awful lot in here, it's just a cat fault, so don't worry, it's not going to knock your socks off too much. But this is another favourite of ours. It's another good one that's nice in the winter, warmed up by the fire. It's got a lovely smell to it, that one. So this was probably, I think I brewed this at the beginning of the year, and then the rum was added when I bottled it. That is really good. Don't tell us too much about your ranking yet. <laughs> Save that for the end. So one of the other reasons I wanted to chat to you today was about the film that you're making. Yes. Fog on the Barrow Downs. It's Fog on the Barrow Downs. So um, tell us a bit about it and uh, how did you get involved? So um, I've, I've always been a fan of fantasy and Middle Earth um, in particular. And I saw a advert in my archery club. Now I used to live in Hertfordshire, and uh, I still am heavily involved with an archery club there. And someone in our WhatsApp group put up a message saying, "There's someone making a film looking for archers." So I clicked on the link, and it was uh, the the director and writer of *Fog on the Barrow Patrick. This is Patrick. Say hi, Patrick. Hi. 
Oh, yes, Patrick. And uh, yes, he was looking for arches for a battle scene, and I thought that's fantastic, and I want to get involved. Uh, it got rained off in the end, but uh, it did give me a chance to meet up with him for a, for a drink. Yeah. And he showed me some of the scripts and the footage. I showed him this place, and uh, yeah, the connection was made basically. And uh, yeah, we. we um, decided to let them film down here for a bit. Yeah. At the ancient technology centre. How long ago was that? That was it. 2019. Only happened in 2020 that made us stop filming everything for a while. It shall not be mentioned. <laughs> shall not be mentioned. <laughs> but um, yes, so I. Um, so relatively recently. Relatively. Take out the COVID years. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, considering it's a project Patrick's been doing since he was at uni years ago, yeah. it is relatively recently. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I uh, I came on board sort of as extra basically at first, um, and then after a few drinks when we were sleeping in here one night, I uh, I got up and started storytelling in hopes of getting some lines, <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting one of the main roles and ended up writing the script with him. So. I think you do some directing now as well. I do. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the camera tomorrow. So yes. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you remember how I got involved with your film? Now. I know that I got you down here at first to cater for our Apple weekend, or was it Dark Ages weekend? So it wasn't catering when I was doing a food display. Not catering, yes. I was Saps in a Viking yes. Age food display. Yeah. Um, and I can remember particularly walking past the Longhouse. You were down over by the Iron Age buildings at the end, yes. walking towards me, and you went, and I've never met you at this point, might I add? <laughs> oh, I know what happens now, yeah. You look like a dwarf. Do you want to be in my film? It's just like that, didn't I? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, here we are. <laughs> a halfling today, though. Halfling today, yeah. So then, obviously, that led on to me doing some feasting scenes. I think when I first came down. Yes, which you were a massive help with. A little, a little. <laughs> yeah. So I did some of the food for for that, which is what led to the eat like a halfling cookbook. So basically, you've got Andy to blame for my cookbook. To thank, to thank, I'm sure. <laughs> but so, uh, what are you thinking of Virginia? I really like that. That's yeah. it's more mellow than I thought something with sixty percent proof rum would be. Um, but just a thimbleful, as you said. But that's really that's a really nice taste, actually. That's every time I've tried to make ginger mead, it's gone very, uh, very, really got too much of a ginger kick. Really, yeah. they can come out quite dry. Yeah, yeah. I find the wine a bit easier to get the balance right. But this is a really good one. So again, I will post all the recipes up on the website, or go to Amazon and buy it like a lovely. Do it. My fault, apparently. <laughs> Are you on commission? <laughs> That's what I'm angling for. <laughs> I won't rank them myself, but um, <laughs> that is a favourite. Yeah, I like them all, to be honest. I mean, most of these I've been making for years. It's not not um, new stuff. So, what what got you into it? Home brewing. Yeah. Going back a ways now, but I think it was probably River Cottage. Nice. Mine was originally. Yeah. That which shall not be named happened, and I got bored at home. So, <laughs> so how long ago was that? Probably it's got to be close to twenty years ago. So most of my adult life, essentially, I've been dabbling with homebrew. They were originally horrible, as I think most people's are. <laughs> you often get that thing with me where they get that marmite taste where the yeast is stressed, you get all of those sort of things and dry and usually they were still fermenting when I was drinking them and not good. <laughs> but a few years later, I think they've improved a bit. My uh, my first bottle, 
I was going to say, it doesn't taste like something you've just started doing. So that's <laughs> something. Um, yeah, I think my first one was an a two litre lemonade bottle with uh, a little bit of uh, bread yeast and oh, some yeah, honey and water with, a, with yeah. a balloon on the top with a pinprick in it. Yeah, yeah, been there. We had we, we used to live in a place where there was a shelf on the stairs, and funnily enough, the elderberry was sat on the shelf on the stairs. An amateur mistake. It was in the demijohn too soon. It overflowed all down the wall, over the carpet. Wow! Everything. Nice round elderberry wine everywhere. Nice. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I think I've only really brewed meat myself. I mean, what's your favourite thing to brew? What's out of all, all of these got to brew rather than, you know, mostly tied up in the taste? But it is mostly tied up in the taste, really, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, variety is the spice of life, so I like to do a lot of different things. I do beers as well. Unfortunately, we haven't got any today. I didn't have any ready to go. But um, it's time. Season two. Season two. <laughs> We're breaking it into seasons now. <laughs> um, yeah, favourite though. I don't know. I mean, the brewing process is quite similar across the board. So once you can do it with one, you, know, you can transfer yeah. the skills. Whereas what we're going to move on to next, these are more infusions. So probably a bit easier for a beginner to do because you're okay. not actually fermenting anything. And, uh, have you got that in the uh, book as well? All of these are in the book. Which makes it sound like a very alcohol-heavy book, and it's not. <laughs> there are other recipes in there, pies and puddings and breads and jams and everything you can expect to find in an indulgent pantry. I'll just have to work through the whole lot and make pairs of actual food and the, the drink, you know. That's not a bad idea. I never thought about pairing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is really good. Though. So these are in no particular order. Okay, so we're not uh, working through the order of the book. No, I'd have to get the book to check the order they're in. If they come out in the order they're in the book, that's a miracle. Fresh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got one up in the office, so, you know. Okay, you ready for another? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Got next. Feeling it yet? Warm. I'm warm. I'm going to put it down to the fire, at least, you know, pretend it's the fire. I've it? warmed up a bit, I must say. It's quite cold <laughs> on here. You can probably see we can. It's pretty chilly. Go to the. <laughs> so this one looks like I've already been drinking it. I haven't. Um, I bottled it today. Um, this is an apricot brandy. Um, the idea for this one actually came from reading a book called um, The Farcia Trilogy. Oh, yes. About the assassin, the boy that trains to be the assassin. Um, and in that they drink apricot brandy. And I'd never tried it before. So this was kind of my version of that. And it landed in the halfling book it's the fantasy world still it's another nice one so yeah i haven't been drinking this one i want a brandy didn't give you a lot there do you want to splash me tiny bit more high process i appreciate you not going to put much in there <laughs> we've got a few to get through so we're making it relatively easy What's your tip of choice normally? Oh, it might become this. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, they must be getting better for every time. Like, oh, this I see all you've got. Wait to get up there. But um, tip of choice. That could be it. That could be it. Um, tip of choice usually. Um, I, I've kind of recently gotten over my craft lager stage, which thankfully. Um, but um, to be honest, 
sound like a cliche, a lot of the time it's made if I can. But I think usually it's made or uh, I've sort of gotten back into real aims actually, like a nice nice IPA. Yeah. But um, what about yourself? Uh, ew. I make a good pumpkin beer, which again sounds a bit odd. Um, no, I can see that. But it's a nice, it. it's a nice dark brew around Halloween time. I usually get it brewed up, homegrown pumpkins, homegrown hops. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty decent brew. But like yourself, I mean, mead is it, it goes down well, doesn't it? It, it really does, <laughs> doesn't it? But you couldn't drink too much of it, you know. It's it's it, well, I mean, you can. That's the trouble, I guess, isn't it? In the best possible way, that's kind of a little bit syrupy almost, that, isn't it? It is. So that's so this has got honey in, so it's probably a yeah. bit more like your your mead flavouring. That's why I like it, you know. That's, yeah. This one is just um, apricot, so I couldn't get fresh. So I've actually used dried for this. Uh, honey and brandy, and that's it. Um, this is actually, I think, two weeks old. So if you want a quick brew... This one's one to go for because it doesn't need to age or mature or anything. You can just get on with it. I know what I'm doing next week. <laughs> Give me the break. I'd imagine an apricot mead would be good. I've never had an apricot one. Just thinking the honey yeah, the apricot that's in this and actually there's my next one. So what's the weirdest drink you've made? What you'd call the weirdest. Okay. I'm going to go with worst. So, um, celery wine. Celery wine. There comes a point if you experiment with homebrew and you grow your own veg and you've got too much celery, you end up brewing celery wine. I, there's not much I don't think I've brewed over the years. And um, yeah, so celery wine, it tastes like it sounds. So it's fine and you can use it in cooking, but for a drink that you're going to sit down with, no, it's not good. I honestly just did an involuntary shudder. Um, <laughs> that sounds grim. Um, it, it tastes fine. If you like celery, it's fine, but it just tastes like alcoholic celery. So if you want it for, you know, dressing a salad or something, then great. But just to drink it, not for me. Didn't make it to the book then? No. <laughs> um, have you tried mushroom wine? No. That's a thing. I can't personally recommend it as much, but it's a thing. It's a thing. We're going to have to look into that yeah. one. Although we don't eat a lot of mushrooms. I reckon dwarves eat a lot of mushrooms. Maybe you could have eat like a dwarf. Eat like a dwarf. See? Feeding me ideas again. <laughs> Working on that commission. Right, so the next drink up, Andy. I get to keep using this. This is another of my favourites. <laughs> I'm glad all your favourites <laughs> made it in there, you know. They're all the best. There's nothing bad in this. So this one is a blackberry whiskey. I like both of those words. I've, um, I've, I've had some abuse on TikTok for this one. On TikTok? You got I've bullied got on TikTok? Gone semi-viral on TikTok with a nearly 100k views of a very short video I made that was only... You know what it's like. You spend hours making something and you do one that takes you two minutes and that's the popular thing. <laughs> but I get a lot of abuse for that's not whiskey comes up so often that's all they write that's not whiskey there was a tiktok community knew so much about whiskey but apparently they do sorry tiktok 
I went a bit long on my measure there. I was going to say, it's a generous, generous sort go on then, go on. Go on. This is a good one. We're only filming tomorrow, it's okay. We're already filming tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so this one is uh, sugar, blackberries, whiskey. Sometimes I use scotch, sometimes the old American, uh, you know. Like, uh, yeah, bourbon. Bourbon, that's the word I was looking for. Thank that's you for that one. Or I could just run through the wines we've had. <laughs> I was going to say the corny whiskies. The corny whiskies. I'm not going to like that, are they? <laughs> they taste corny. Corn whiskey sounds very halfling, I think, you know. <laughs> we've had nights where we've opened a bottle of this and it's gone. That is very drinkable. What percentage has come out at? I mean, it's still whiskey. So yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you the percentage. That's frighteningly drink drinkable. That's... So that one takes a bit longer to make than the brandy. Yeah. Um, this one was started August. That's still a pretty short, you know, if you've got a bit of patience, that's still a pretty short. Ideally, you wait a year before you drink it. But who lives in an ideal world? <laughs> I'm going to say. So your film, uh, Fog on the Barrow Down. Yes. Where does the title come from? So um, it's a chapter in the book, um, one of the best in my mind, especially. Which book is that? Uh, that is Fellowship of the Ring. Um, Just for those that don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know now. Um, yes, that's a chapter in Fellowship of the Ring, um, which finds the halflings um, in Barrow Down, this sort of uh, very kind of not too dissimilar from uh, the, the southwest in terms of landscapes, you know, lots of mounds, lots of uh, barrows, standing stones. Creepy places. Uh, yeah, that's it. Well, I won't spoil it because you're all going to go and read it, I hope, but if you haven't already. Spoilers? How old is that book? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you never know, you never know. Oh. But, um, so yes, and they no version um, has done it properly, or if, if at all, you know, I don't think any of the film versions, the cartoons or anything, have actually covered, because it's quite a hard story to tell. It feels kind of separate, in a way, from the main story, but it's it's a really cool bit. It's the closest to horror you've got in that, that whole book, or that whole series of books. And so Patrick, um, oddly enough, um, Patrick wanted to originally make a film version of that part of the book and then decided that he didn't want to tell the story of Frodo and uh, the other hobbits. He wanted to tell the story of uh, just the Barrow Downs itself. Right, okay. And so he cooked up an idea and then we met and... Um, lived happily ever after. Lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, it's early days. Um, and uh, yes, weirdly enough, I was trying to write a horror story set in the Barrow Down to sit in Middle Earth at the same right, time. Okay. Different to the one we're telling, we went with his version. But uh, so. I kind of like the idea of a horror film. M my initial idea was a bit more horror, The uh, without giving too much away. At the moment, we're splitting Fog on the Barrow Downs into three different chapters. Classic move. Quite obviously got to be done, but we may end up releasing it as three series on YouTube. Um, so it might definitely sort of lean towards a horror turn towards uh, towards the end of the, uh, the third film or the third series. Once we our, our characters meet, um, their uh, well, they I won't give too much away, but uh, once once they end up at the Barrow Downs, nice. I look forward to it. But yeah, so but there's a lot that happens before then. It's an adventure story. It's we try to tie in as many 
weaving as many Tolkienisms as as possible, as much influence from Tolkien's Middle Earth as possible, while telling our own story with original characters. So, what kind of character do you play? Um, it's going to bite me for what I said to you, but I play a dwarf. Oh. <laughs> I'm uh, Regan the dwarf, um, as you probably know, based on the uh, Regan from Norse mythology. Yeah. And uh, yes, I am a scout. I'm a dwarven scout from the uh, from the Iron Hills. And uh, yes, uh, slightly in disgrace. Uh, so trying to sort of prove myself, redeem myself when I meet Pender, who uh, Patrick plays, who is the film's uh, main character and hero. So uh, yes, I've been. Uh, I've had various beard lengths. I, I I put on a fake beard at the moment. I did grow it for a little while during lockdown and got the right length, and then sort of got sick of it and yeah, yeah, got rid of it. Don't know if you ever done that. You kept that sort of length the whole time. This is almost it. Oh really? This is where it stops. I kind of trim it occasionally, but yeah. Yeah, mine sort of stopped down there, just outside of sort of plaiting range. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just disappointingly so. Beard talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what are you thinking? We're three wines down, a couple of spirits, ready um, to party? I'm, I'm getting there, you know, I'm getting there. There's a few of those songs from Lord of the Rings I'm thinking, you know, it might get sung to, so, you know. Sort of... Arm in arm, that's it. In the fire. <laughs> we'll cut those bits out. <laughs> I'm behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, that's a favourite. That's that's really good. That's really good. It's uh, again a lot more drinkable than most whiskies you know that, I, that I've had before. So dangerously nice. Yeah. So I know some people make it with a lot less sugar as well. So if you're trying to watch, you know, your sugar intake, some people will do that, and they are just as nice. Um, but this is just how I do. I think when you're introducing that fruit, it's nice to have that sweetness as well. Like you know, sort mm. of. I mean, as you say, some people like it with more of a subtle hint, but if it's a fruity drink, I quite like being hit in the face with the fruit, you know? <laughs> Next one's going to get a bit more unusual for you. No. <laughs> Shall I ask? I need to finish this one first. Yeah, we'll just tuck it on. <laughs> <laughs> just mix it all in, see how just it goes. Just a I did offer at the beginning that Andy could just have a pint glass and we'd just pour them all in, but he said no. It would be a progressively more interesting video, maybe. I don't know, you know. So. It would be interesting to see whether the spirits settle at different levels. So as yeah. you drink, the flavour changes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, watch the, yeah, as, a, as the level gets lower, so do I, you know. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and so does my level of interview. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking in, in, a, in an interview is not a good idea. Professionalism. <laughs> or it's the best idea. Right, so this one, nice golden one here, is Beech Leaf Noyu. Wow. So, you take your young beech leaves in the spring, fill a container with them, and you top it up with sugar and gin. And you leave it to mature. So this was, as I say, done in the spring, so, yeah, probably about, I would guess about April I made this. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it makes a great Christmas present. Don't tell anyone on my Christmas list. So it's a six-month brew then. Um, so similar to the Blackberry whiskey, you just kind of leave it for a couple of months and then strain it off and then just let it mature. Most of these do get better with any. Yeah. Slight detour, but on the same kind of subject. 
I once tried to prove that mead doesn't get better with age. So I drank a mead that I'd kept for two years, side by side with the same brew that I'd just made. And I was adamant that I was going to drink this drink and it wouldn't be any better. And I could finally put it to bed. And I took one sip and went, ah, oh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It really does. The flavour completely changed. Um, but this was, I think, a meta sweet mead, which I make quite a lot of. Um, and after a while, it almost had like an almondy flavour to it. It was just a completely different brew. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. So uh, a friend of mine, Lex, who's involved with uh, Fog of the Marrow Downs, because I basically drag everyone I know into it now. This is Lex. Say hi, Lex. Hi, Lex. He made a uh, batch of mead, one of his first batches um, years back, uh, that he called Crunk Juice, because that it basically tasted like um, honey and vodka when it came, like when it started, you know. Uh, once it was drinkable, um, we drank it and, you know, it lived up to its name, so we drank. Then, fast forward about six years, <clears throat> I moved here. Uh, I get him down, he's an archery instructor, so I asked him to come and teach archery here and help us out. And uh, he brought a bottle of it along on the same day, so we're having a fire, and he said, this is the same stuff I made, completely different. It, it actually tasted really good, and it's been made down for six years. Wow. So if you're watching this, Lex, well done. <laughs> Bring a bottle tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this is a bit more of an unusual one, I guess. You I probably got have that as that. Uh, that's interesting. You probably haven't been beach leaves before. No, no, I've not. I uh, no. So a bit more of the, the gin again. I'm not a gin fan, but that is very palatable. That is very... So so tell me again what's in that? So young beet leaves, it needs to be the really young ones, you know, the tiny little fledglings, if you yeah. um, Sugar and gin. You know what, I'm going to be making that one. I think that's going to be, yeah. It's, it's a very seasonal one, so it's got to be done in the spring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's almost... I don't know what you call it, Olvendy? There's something... There is, there is a bit on there, isn't it? I don't know. I wouldn't drink straight gin, so despite all the gins I'm producing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the noise was that's a good one. I think, you know, we've got more people here filming tomorrow. I think that's going to be the one that I'm guarding, maybe. <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to be really popular. So we'll move on from the beech leaf. But uh, this one, I call this... Uh, forager's rum pot. Forager's rum pot? So yeah, so this one takes a bit longer to do. So what you need to do is start it at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's basically a collection of any fruit you can forage. Um, plus your alcohol, plus your sugar. Were you talking about this one at where at Bionicle? Possibly, as a yeah. go. I think I can't remember. So basically what you do is you put a bit of fruit into a pot, you cover it with sugar, and then you add some rum. And every time that you want to top it up, you just add a bit more. Great. Um, but the actual aim for this one is for the fruit and not the alcohol. Oh. So the alcohol is just a byproduct, which we are going to drink it, but... Oh, you've got some. I've got some fruit with us today. So in here, it's whatever I foraged this year. So there's some apples in there, there's some blackberries, got some blackcurrants. Um, to be honest, they're all the same colour now. It's like looking very beetroot. <laughs> 
it's a bit of intrusive, but um, yeah, I mean, if you want to try some. Yeah, I'll try some, I'll try some. So the idea is to eat that with ice cream or a cup of some sort, or put it in a pie. So this comes back to the Austrian 60% proof rum. Yes. So that probably tastes more like rum than fruit at the moment. Yep, definitely got the rum kick <laughs> first. Fry blackberry just to make sure, you know. But you find that with a lot of these infusions, the alcohol goes into the fruit as much as the other way around. So whatever you're making, you don't throw away the fruit when you finish. You keep it, you make puddings with it. The apricot one is brilliant. You dip it in dark chocolate. Wow. Looks like a really fancy Christmas present. <laughs> that would um, make for a very fun trifle, I think, you know. I thought you were going to say on your porridge in the morning. <laughs> Why not? You know, it helps you get <laughs> through the day. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is this year's rum pot, um, which I haven't tried. So we'll see. It's a big mix. So I think there was apples, blackberries, raspberries, blackcurrants. There might be some gooseberries in there. Mm. Probably some elderberries. Host of flavours. It's one of those I can't remember. It's so many things have gone in. Whenever I've had a few bits of fruit, they've gone in. So we're back on the one. About <laughs> to it. Round two. <laughs> Seven drinks down. It's got a really fruity smell, actually. It's like alongside the rum, you can really get that. Actually, it smells quite like the blackberry whiskey. Yeah. That's the first time I've had it this year, so. Oh, that's gorgeous. It's like Ragbina. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> so, Andrew. Did Halflings have Ragbina? Um, only the stores, I think, you know. Maybe not the... I just made that up. No. <laughs> Um, I think eventually they'd come to it, you know, maybe like late third age, early fourth age, sure. you know, industrious hobbits, halflings. So you were, when you were talking about fog, you were telling us that you've done a bit of directing, a bit of acting. Yeah. Um, Patrick's doing the same. Yes, he is directing, he's acting, he's writing with me as well. And he, he will say acting is playing main character. So. so who's doing the actual recording? Robots. Robots. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't tell Andrew I said that. Uh, Andrew, uh, is he's Andrew a, a robot? No, no. I've never no. seen him away from the ATC. This is true. This is true. <laughs> His lead doesn't go that far. No, we've got, <laughs> we've got this wonderful photographer called Andrew. This is Andrew. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. Who does a lot of photography here for our open days, our events. He does a lot of portraits for local reenactment groups here. And he's come on board as our, our main uh, cameraman. And uh, yeah, he's been a massive help, phenomenal photographer, phenomenal uh, cameraman. And yeah, we, we couldn't do it without him, really. So uh, I regret calling him a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Andrew's actually done some of the food photography, the portraits that are in the like halfing book. Uh, he did the front cover for me. Absolutely. I think you might have been lurking in the back. Yeah, you've got to watch out for those shady ranger types. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I shoehorn myself in where I can. That's how I got on the film in the first place. So we're on to the last brew. Oh, and uh, this one is a classic. Float gin. Ah. I'm sure you've had that before. I have. I have. I know that one. I understand that reference. So slows sugar gin. That's all it was. Nice. Oh, that made a good time. That was a good pop. <laughs> So you've told us 
about your job at the agency. You told us about your filmmaking. What do you do for a hobby? Um, well, there's a few hobbies. There's there's archery. There's a few bits and pieces. But my main one is actually a, a second job, really. It's uh, storytelling. Um, I run a storytelling company with Amy. This is Amy. Say hi, Amy. Hi. Um, who is my storytelling partner. Um, we run a company called Tales from the Heart. And uh, yes, we, we mainly storytell around Hertfordshire, which is hence the Tales from the Heart is H-A-R-T. And yeah, we mainly do sort of folklore, sort of tales from around Hertfordshire, around um, around that area. But we sort of branched out. We do tales from uh, the Fianna cycle. We do Beowulf, uh, the Norse sagas, things like that. And uh, yeah, it's 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 all picked up in the last few years. We're getting a lot more bookings. We're we're storytelling everywhere from schools and village fates to sort of massive open events and cathedrals and places like that. So uh, with fire breathing occasionally as well. So you're a fire breather as well. I'm a fire breather. Yeah, um, some of these brews I think would go down quite well with that. You know, they might help. <laughs> but um, yeah, though there was that one show we were at together where you were supposed to be cooking, and I was I spilt some on myself there. That's what happens when you drink eight drinks. <laughs> um, but that's uh, yeah, we were we were yeah, supposed wearing. to wearing. It was wearing, wearing yeah. back in the summer. No one was allowed any fire. Yeah, so I couldn't cook, and I couldn't fire breathe. So we might do. I think. I think we got by. Yeah. So what are you thinking of the last one? Very nice, very nice. It's smoother than I thought it would be. I'm most of my my adult life sort of drinking. I always avoided gin. It always tasted like hairspray to me. And then I discovered slow gin. And I was like, okay, that's a bit better. But that's that's really nice. How long's that one been sitting there? Uh, only since about September. Oh, okay. Okay. It's quite young. It is one again. Ideally, you'd age it for a year before you drink it. For the benefit of today, yeah, we're going to drink it now. I mean, it's drinkable as it is. Does that make it mellow out, or does it? Make it does it... mellow over yeah. time, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but it's basically, uh, what was it, fifty percent fruit to gin? Okay, and then fifty percent of the fruit quantity in sugar. So it's still relatively sweet, um, but yeah, it's a nice one. Some people brew it without the sugar at all. You just go completely with the slows. Yeah, and just yeah, rely on that the yeah. sugar and the slows. But um, it's almost quaffable. It is, yeah, dangerously so. What do you know? What percentage that came out as? Well? Um, I don't think there'd be an awful lot of difference from the original gin. Mm. It's um, yeah, it's a flavoured gin rather. Yeah, than, yeah. I guess it's probably diluted a little bit, but. Yeah, that's uh, something that's gin strength. Uh, yeah, that's very dangerously <laughs> drinkable. Especially after three wines. and <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a desserty drink, that one. Gin. I'm kind of glad we finished on that one. It feels like a desserty drink, you know? I mean, you've still got, got to rank them yet. Oh, I do, don't I? Do. So we're going to do that. But um, I had a couple of just kind of for fun questions that I thought I'd ask you. Oh, go on. So the first one is, do you think you could survive in Middle Earth? It depends where I was. I mean, if I was an elf, definitely, because, you know, you basically live forever unless you go and get killed in battle or die by an accident. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, obviously, this question comes up quite a lot, actually, just around a campfire talking after filming or something. Um, I think if I, if I was going to survive in Middle Earth, I think I'd rather be a hobbit because, <laughs> as we've established, you get some fantastic food as a halfling and uh, drinks as well. 
Um, I've always thought the Rangers are the coolest, but uh, unfortunately they uh, probably live one of the most dangerous lives. So it depends who I was, definitely. But as a I hobby or an outfit. <laughs> you want to be a hobby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, that's what we're going for here, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. The older I've got, like when I was younger, getting into Lord of the Rings, it was always about the Ranger. And as you get older, you're like, no, I'm just a hobby. Um, Period and drink. <laughs> A friend of mine, uh, she she said, uh, she explained it as who you've got a crush on. She was like, when you're younger, you've got a crush on Legolas, and then it's Aragorn, and then after a while, it's Sam. <laughs> Do you think you would be quite happy and content living on a halfling's diet? Um, now, unfortunately, I haven't quite, even though I'm, you know, not the tallest person or the slimmest person. I, I don't quite have the physique of a hobbit, and I'm not sure I could handle that many fried breakfasts. <laughs> but uh, I'd enjoy it while it lasted, put it that it's way. It's a heart attack in the making, it is, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, some days I admit I do skip 11sies. Just uh, some days. Just some days. <laughs> is there a particular food you think that maybe halflings wouldn't have had that you'd have missed? Definitely Vindaloo. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see it. Um, you know them cooking up uh, a curry in the in their hobbit holes. So I can't see them. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I'd miss. I'd miss uh, sort of more worldly cuisine. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the fact they got coffee is brilliant. You know, but uh, you know, I would miss. I would miss uh, Indian food. I think. I get that. There was a few recipes that I came up with that I had to pull, including things like uh, chili chocolate brownie. Which they're amazing, but just doesn't fit. Maybe after the War of the Ring, when trade increases, although Aragorn does stop people going into the Shire, doesn't he? So, uh, you know, maybe their 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 diet would be even more restricted. But yeah. uh, you know, you'd like to think maybe that that trade would increase, and you'd start seeing you know Hobbit curry houses popping up. <laughs> it's a funny concept. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to bring back. We'll start with the wines. Okay, let's we'll do it. We'll do it all as one. We'll do the wines. Then you can rank the wines. Makes it a bit easier. I've lost the cork. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, you've got ginger wine. Parsnip wine. And uh, elderberry and blackberry. I don't know why I'm even spinning that one. I know that one already. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little bit effort there. Um, <clears throat> so, I think for me... Do you want best to worst or worst to best? Worst to best, I guess. Okay, I'm actually going to say, even though I, I, I want to say now, I enjoyed them all, um, but least favourite was actually this one. Okay. While I like it, I like an interesting drink, and that tasted the most whiny in some ways, which kind of, yeah. So second was the parsnip one. Um, Put them in order. <laughs> you have, actually, yeah. You, you know me. <laughs> um, it was a parsnip one. Um, for me, it was the second. Um, interesting bouquet. <laughs> it's, I'm going to put it that way, but it, it tasted surprisingly good, and it was definitely an interesting wine, but tops for me is... I, I love ginger. You know, that, that was a really good one. The more expensive wine is gooder. It's gooder, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> the older wine is gooder. Um, but yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, handily got the cork out already, so... So then, in no particular order again, we've got Slow Gin, we've got the Orange's Rum Pop, Beach Leaf Mayu, Blackberry Whiskey, and Apricot Brandy. 
worst to best, you're going to tell me that way, right? No, this is a difficult one. This is a really difficult one for me. I love, I really like them all. I just want to put that out there. These, these were all really good. Um, for me, probably the least favourite was Slow Gin. Again, nothing against it. It's just, you know, I, I do like a Slow Gin, but... In order. There you go. Um, second, I really like the syrupiness, but probably the, the apricot brandy. Then for me, it's the... Now, this one's a tricky one, but it's between... Yeah, I think it's going to be the whiskey. You know, I made that up just then. Like, I made that decision just then. Um, I really like the whiskey. Very drinkable. But I found the um, the Folgers Run part a lot more interesting. Um, so that's number two. And number one is annoying. Really? It yeah, is. That is a very unique taste. Really refreshing. And, yeah, I, I was surprised by it. And, again, it's not something you get to drink every day as beach leaves, you know, so. It's the most unusual of the bunch, I guess. I, th I think that's what I'm going for, really. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I found that it was a surprisingly good taste, and I think that's what sort of won me over on that one. But it's these three, especially these two, it's a very close one between. But, yeah, it's got to be the noise. That's the winner for me. So, as I said before, I'll put all the recipes on my website. Um, but otherwise, you can buy it like hardly. If you have a space in mind. So, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Um, where can people find you online? So, uh, for the Ancient Technology Centre, you just need to uh, Google Ancient Technology Centre and find us there or on Facebook, the same thing. Um, we are Tales from the Heart on, uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, Tales Heart on Twitter, actually. And, uh, yes, uh, Fog on the Barry Downs. Just type that into uh, Facebook or YouTube as well. We're hoping to have a new trailer out fairly soon. Um, maybe we'll put some links this... up in the description as well. Yeah, maybe by the time this comes out, we will have the trailer up. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yes, there'll be more coming soon. Uh, yeah, again, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming up. Cheers. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening.